0: Basketball, give me, give me, give
1: me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Locked in on the box. No, oh. never in a million years. Bringing
0: the insight and the analysis.
1: I do hate charge calls.
0: 2022 Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Eric Name of The Athletic is on Rutledge and Hamilton. John hamilton continues hey. we're presented by coors light jim rutledge uh, derek down. angler with you live from the spark don't building don't we are now joined by eric name from the athletic and uh, eric There's name from the athletic is on with us right now we'll get the music turned down a little bit there because all i hear is that funky music instead of eric name eric how you doing
1: i'm great how are you guys
0: we're doing uh, great. Say hello to Derek Engler, starting center for the Badgers 94 Rolls Bowl team, played in the NFL, played in the Super Bowl with the Giants.
2: Uh, Eric, have you met Eric before? How you doing, Eric? You got to turn your microphone on. Uh,
1: we're getting there. Uh, we're getting I don't think there. I so, but uh, it is great to meet you.
2: I've listened to you, Eric. You got, you got a lot of good stuff on air uh, with Hamilton and Rutledge and uh, or Rutledge and Hamilton. Yeah, what are we doing here right now? I'm hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also a loyal reader of The Athletic.
0: Uh, Eric, I got a question for you and I'll just put it out like this. So the, the headline reads, Giannis Antetokounmpo reveals he almost retired in 2020. Now, can you uh, apply some context to that? Because, man, that's a headline.
1: Yeah. Um, Lori Nichol at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel wrote a, a great story about Giannis and kind of how he's dealt with m- mental health issues over the years. And, you know, it's... A lot of it was kind of based on what was going on in the bubble. um, Kind of what happened during the pandemic. That was a time that, you know, in the past, I've uh, Giannis has not been shy in talking about how much he disliked being in the bubble, uh, how much he kind of hated being there. He didn't like being around his family. He didn't like kind of being like locked up in the same place. Um, You know, in the past for the athletic, he's, just kept kind of fly outside. Like I was miserable. Like I, I was just absolutely miserable. And, uh, with Lori, as they talked about, you know, kind of what he's doing with the Charles Adetokumo family foundation and their work with mental health you know, he, he said that he actually contemplated retiring in 2020. Um, and, and that was, you know, a, a time where things were about to be very good for him. Uh, you know, he's about to have one of the, the largest contracts in NBA history, uh, but it was just a time where he, he wasn't very happy. And, you know, he was trying to figure out how to deal with the pressure of being one of the best players on the planet, a back-to-back MVP, trying to win a championship, um, and, and kind of do all those things that that go along with being one of the best players on the planet. And it, it was just a spot where it was a lot of stress. And, um, you know, obviously, I, I think in recent years, we've we've come to recognize that, a lot of our professional athletes, whether it's Giannis or DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, um, you know, uh, they're all humans, mm-hmm. just like we're all humans here talking on the radio or writing stories at The Athletic or, or whatever it may be, uh, whatever you do for a job. Like, everyone kind of deals with these things, and, and athletes are not immune to it. So uh, it, a real kudos to, to Giannis for, you know, being willing to, to speak his truth and, and let kind of people – behind the curtain a little bit, and and how he's tried to deal with all
2: of this. You know, it's interesting, Eric, because you know, uh, Giannis, the competitor he is, uh, just his his work ethic, his discipline, the effort that he puts in. And you know, we've read stories, of, of course, about his effort and how he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't slow down even if it's the All Star game. You know, he's out there competing. and He gets some slack from that from some of the other veterans, of course, but. I could imagine the pressure and the stress that would take on mentally knowing that, you know, I, I he has to go through that process in order to continue to be the best in the world. Uh, and, and to your point, to come out of that uh, 2020 uh, from that mental state and for us to watch him this year, in my mind, uh, it's 1-1-A one, one between MVP with him and Embiid. Uh, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a testament to who Giannis is uh, and his character uh, as a professional athlete, um, and uh, it's going to be fun watching him through this playoffs.
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that's really impressive about Giannis and you know his willingness to speak about his mental health is the fact that you know he, he has a pretty serious wrist injury right now, and when any of us ask him how he feels, he says, "I don't feel pain," mm-hmm. and that's just. That's just who he is. He's going to play through injuries. and He's going to do those things. Uh, so he, you know, he's constructed this, you know, I, I think this mental image of him that's unbreakable, right? Like you see him mess up his knee in the Eastern Conference Finals. No one thinks he's going to play in the NBA Finals. And yeah. oh, by the way, he had a fifty-point closeout game. Uh, so it, it is kind of. I do think it's it's one of the things with Giannis that I, I do think he really is a three dimensional person, someone that really kind of thinks through all of these things and it was really human at heart, which I think is part of what's made him so endearing over the years. And, you know, looking at him and potentially being the MVP this season, I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see how, how the voting kind of falls out. Um, you know, I think for most of this year, everyone kind of thought it was going to be Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets. And, you know, it got to a point where, I think writers around the country all kind of wondered like all right um if we give this guy three mvps it's the first time we've done that in 40 years to go back to back to back no one's done it since larry bird so are we really gonna do that like is that what we think is right is that what we is that how we want the record books to kind of show this and and i think many writers have said no we don't want that and you know we're gonna look in other places and and think about that a little bit and that meant Embiid for a while, and maybe it, it is just going to end up being Joel Embiid. But I mean, if you look at what Giannis has done, uh, I think his his argument's pretty simple, right? Uh, plays both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and he's the best player in the best team in the league. I, it's it's pretty simple. I, I don't I don't think you need uh too many advanced stats or really even looking at Giannis' stats li- stat line to, to know that that's he's been the guy that you know. As he told Chris Haynes last week, like. Feels like he's probably been the MVP the last five years, been the best player in the league the last five years, and, and I think that's something that's ultimately probably pretty difficult to argue.
0: Talking with Eric Name from The Athletic, and, and Eric, uh, another storyline circling the Bucs. We're talk about, obviously, Portis and Lopez deserving of some end-of-the-season awards as well, but I want to get to Chris Middleton. The latest on his knee, and, and Derek was asking me uh, in the break, and I, I couldn't answer it properly, what exactly – Happened with Chris's knee as far as the best you know, and then where is he at as far as returning?
1: Yeah, it's so with Chris, I think it's interesting. You know, when we talked with him in the middle of the season, um, you know, so he has a left wrist injury last offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, took him a little bit while, took him a little while longer than people thought to, to come back. And, uh, you know, essentially the Bucs said, well, yeah, it's actually not his wrist that was holding him back, it was his right knee, and he comes back and then. That doesn't go well, and he sits out a a whole lot more games. And during that time, you know, I talked with him for a story at The Athletic, and, you know, he said one of the things that he's dealt with throughout his career, and typically he's able to handle this because he has a normal offseason, he's able to do his routine, he knows how all this works, is, uh, you know, when he was at Texas A&M, he he tore up his knee right before the the NBA draft. It's part of the reason why he ended up being a second rounder as opposed to uh, a first rounder. And he kind of said, like, I just have knee issues that I have to deal with that as I'm getting ready for the season, I have my routine, I know how it's going to work. And getting off to the start that he did with the left wrist and then being, you know, not able to do all of his normal routine, like, it it just got him off base. And then uh, I think he's struggled to try to get back to that spot the entire season. And then, you know, the other night uh, I'm trying to – Think back which game it was because the Bulls low.
2: game wasn't it, Eric.
1: Yeah, so the Bulls game, you know, first really it's the first offense possession. He, right. he does a speed move, and you know, it looked like when he planted on that knee a little bit, um, it didn't really look like it buckled or anything like that. But when he spun around and shot the jumper. He did not want to land on that on that right leg and we saw him kind of limp down the court and to his credit he played or he tried to play through it. He played another I think seven or eight minutes after that but he just wasn't the same the rest of the game and you know internally when I was in Toronto the the Bucks people that I was talking to there were all very optimistic and said like hey you know he might not be back for our first practice of the week, which was yesterday on Tuesday. But, you know, the second practice, Chris is going to be back and he'll be fine. And, you know, this little bit of rest should help him out and, you know, make sure that he gets there. But it's going to be a serious question throughout this postseason. You know, he he hasn't had that game where he played 40 minutes. He hasn't had that game where, you know, he's in there for the whole fourth quarter and part of the third quarter. Like he hasn't been stretched out that way. And. The, the thing the Bucks always say is, like, well, you know, we don't really need to ramp him up much further than those 35. And that's certainly true in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's, he's going to play 40 minutes in a game. And if he's not playing, and if he's able to play 40 minutes, then, you know, he might get pushed up to 45 minutes. And I, I'm very curious to see how he'll hold up in those situations and if he's actually able to do it in this playoffs, just, just because we haven't seen him be able to handle that type of load yet uh, at all during the regular season.
2: You know, I, w- I was asking Jim off the air, too, is, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the regular season matchup versus the Celtics, I believe that we were on the losing end of that, and I might be wrong. And I'm curious to how many, know how many games that Middleton was not in uh, that we lost against the Celtics because we very could end up in that position, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And to your point, Middleton, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he's at with that knee.
1: Yeah, Chris was out for two of those. Um, and, you know, I, I think you saw them really struggle uh, in some of those games. You know, the Christmas Day game, I think, is always the – Christmas is always the unofficial start of the NBA season. That's when people start to get excited. We have the, the marquee matchups, and the Bucks got spanked. Like, it, it's, and I, I think that's kind of stuck in everyone's yeah. craw a little bit. And then I, I think as the season's gone on, I think Bucks fans were hoping. Hey, I know it's the fifth game in seven nights, and you know this is going to be a tough one, and they could be tired. But man, let's let's see if we can close out the regular season with a big win over the Celtics. And they lost by forty, and yeah. Giannis was like, "And we are down fifty on our home court." And he's like, "I." Giannis said yesterday, "Like, hey, people are going to want to say we're the best team in the league, and we have the best record. I understand that, but." As far as how I think about the team, we're not the best team. We are the ones that are out here doing the hunting. Like, we we, we last year were the hunted as the the defending champions, and we need to get back into that mindset that we still have to earn it. We still have to go out there and show people. And honestly, I, I know this is probably just loser talk, right? But <laughs> you know, the, the fact that they did get beat up, in the way that they did against the Celtics. Like I do think that's going to at least humble them in some ways to not think, come on, five and seven, we beat the Celtics, whatever. We're good. We got Chris back and everything's fine. I think this will help out a little bit, you know, not having that success against the Celtics and, and knowing that, Hey, we're going to have to beat some tough teams. We're going to have to find what our, our, our true level is yet. because We want to be contenders. We want to win a championship, but we're going to have to go through some good teams to do it.
0: Uh, Last one for you, Eric. Uh, With this Middleton thing, it's definitely up in the air. Last year, obviously, I feel like they would have beaten the Celtics with a healthy Middleton. Are they better equipped to be able to win a series without Middleton? Let's assume that Let's assume maybe he can't play every game in a series, whether it's management or can't play enough minutes. Can they work around us? Are they better equipped than last year to work around Middleton, either not being able to log the minutes or log all the games that he did during their title run?
1: Well, so last year I think one of their big problems was they just didn't have enough guys on the wing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking at that Celtics series and, you know, you're debating should it be Javon Carter or Grayson Allen or how do we get through this? And, you know, those guys just aren't big enough. And by trading for Jay Crowder at the trade deadline, I think that helps, right? Like, yep. if Middleton would not be able to play, you'd at least have a six-seven wing that you can put out there, is tough, can defend. Yeah, he's not going to shoot like Chris. He's not going to score like Chris. He's not going to help you on the offense, but at least the defense can be solid. And last year, I think that was just such a big problem. It, it was not just that you missed Chris's scoring. You missed the only big wing you had on the team, the, the only guy that – All right, 6'8 Jalen Brown, 6'10 Jason Tatum. I can stand up to maybe, you know, Chris is not necessarily a stopper or anything, but at least he's big enough. He's got the size. That just wasn't the case with Grayson Allen or Javon Carter, no matter how hard either of those guys tried. Uh, So I do think they are more well equipped to handle it. And then uh, I think the other thing, too, is that Drew Holiday just did not play at this offensive level last season he he very much was the the third guy that on some nights would go off because you know he didn't get as much attention or anything like that like He's been the Bucks' number two option this entire season offensively. And he's put up the best numbers of his career, I think one could argue. Um, and he's just taken on that larger role. So if Chris can't play, I think he can handle that a, a little bit better. It's something in the playoffs where he plays so hard on defense that sometimes his offense lags. But I, I do think since he's done it the whole season, uh, he's a little bit better equipped to do it. So overall, I think the Bucs are, are better equipped for it. But, man... It, Losing someone as good as Chris, again, in the playoffs would, would really be, I'm not going to say it, it ends their chances or ends their title hopes, but, man, it, it's really hard to get through a playoff run without one of your your key players.
0: Eric, uh, great stuff as always. Hopefully when we're talking next week, we're, we're talking about a middle of an easy series against uh, whomever it is and uh, Middleton looking healthy. Well,
1: hey, the man. good news is uh, they play on Sunday, and then game two is on Wednesday. So we'll have 72 hours to comprehend everything that happened in Game <laughs> 1 while I talk to you at Fiserv Forum before Game 2.
0: Perfect. And I'm, I'm trying to get to Game 2, so maybe I'll, I'll see you there after uh, we do our interview. Eric, thanks for the time. Thanks, Eric. Absolutely.